guys, this is Free Food for Thought, a student-run, student-focused podcast here to feed your curiosity. I'm Skip, and I'm so excited to kick off our alumni series. For our inaugural episode, we are excited to have Kim Munoz, CMC Class of 2010, here with us today. But first, to some business. As always, follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on iTunes. We've been getting really great feedback from our listeners, and we would love to hear more from you. Also, please check out our website, freefoodforthought.com, where you can contact us and get to know who we are and what we're about. But back to Kim. We had an enlightening conversation. We got into topics ranging from the Silicon Valley program to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau to how she grew from Claremont McKenna's ideological diversity. We also got into the intersection of technology and politics, and I found her answers very illuminating. Take a listen. Thank you so much for joining us, Kim. Thanks for inviting me. So kind of the first question we're thinking of starting off and, and asking um, our interviewers, interviewees um, is kind of like, why CMC? Like, put yourself back in your mind as senior in high school. What drew you to Claremont McKenna and kind of how did that all unfold? I think it was two things. It was the, the consortium. I was really, um, as a high school student, I wasn't sure what path I wanted to go down. Um, I knew I was really interested in politics, in government, um, the, the blackouts when I was in high school, the rolling blackouts in California had right. a huge impact on me. And so I wanted to do something along those lines. And so the fact that CMC was a liberal arts college and had this great emphasis on politics and government and building future leaders was fantastic. And if I did change my mind, I could hedge my bets with the consortium. Um, and it was, I think, a solid choice. I, one thing that I didn't realize I was going to get at the time was just the fantastic network. Um, right. When I applied, I was thinking, oh, I will do grad school. And I know that CMC has a um, really great success rate with people getting their first choice in law schools and medical schools. And I, was, and I thought that that was you know, fantastic. I didn't end up doing that. But at the time, that was one of the reasons why I, I chose CMC. Right. Um, and kind of going off that, um, in your time at CMC, first of all, like what were your main activities at CMC? Like what were you most interested in doing on campus? I was a member of the Claremont Dems. I okay. did a lot with uh, the student technology team. I worked in the labs, spent a lot of time in, in PAPA, and um, was also... we can all relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> especially thesis time. Right. Just basically lived out of there. And... <laughs> I, yeah, and I was also a residential technology assistant okay, in it, yeah. both uh, Claremont Hall and... Wait, it's not Claremont Hall it anymore. Is, there is a Claremont Hall. No, it, what used to be Claremont Hall. It's now um, the new one by... A Crown. Okay. Crown. Oh, Crown Hall. It wasn't called Crown Hall when I was here. Got it. So in Crown Hall and Stark You're an Hall. RTA for Crown and Stark. All right, very yeah. cool. Um, so kind of like going off that, those like doing these extracurriculars and also obviously your course load, what was kind of the opportunity or experience that impacted you most at Claremont McKenna? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, one of them, for sure, was the ITAB trip, um, the Information Technology Advisory Board. Okay. Uh, they send students up to Silicon Valley January-ish. I think they still right. do it around then. Um, and when I was there, I got to visit Applied Minds, where we got to go to a clean room, see the microchips, a lot of tech companies. One of the companies uh, we visited was the um, California branch of Infosys. Uh, an Indian outsourcing company and technology yeah. company that I also went and interned at um, the, the next year. And 
it was just a great opportunity to kind of get exposed to all of the stuff that was at the time just starting to to burgeon to right to um to grow and so when I was deciding like what to do next several years later I thought back to then and um a lot of people who like decided to go into tech after that trip and there was a great CMC network ready for me when I decided to move to San Francisco. Very nice. So Mm -hmm. um, kind of like during your time here going off that, what was the most valuable skill or life lesson that you kind of were learning at CMC? I know this is maybe a little deep, but maybe that you're, that you use and and saw yourself applying um, in your, in your, now your career. It's really hard to say because I think the most valuable thing I got from CMC was uh, the ability to, I guess, think out, think outside the box a little bit. Um, Especially if you go into engineering, there's a temptation to have very straightforward answers, but most of the time you need to think about other things and other considerations. Um, my comparative government courses were great for this. A lot of conflicts are very nuanced, nuanced yeah. and complex. And um, the fact that our student body is so diverse that we, at the time, were pretty evenly split between conservatives and liberals, like really forced me to listen to other viewpoints and Absolutely. kind of consider them, and um, try to have like try to understand that third story that maybe I don't necessarily agree with, but someone else holds very valuable to come up with solutions for problems. And it's, it's something that, um, it's something that's just valuable, like throughout your career, no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, so can you kind of break down, um, now, you know, being a a junior, senior at Claremont McKenna now kind of, uh, looking at internships and then maybe jobs, how did you kind of approach that process and, uh, and how did that turn out for you? I applied to everything, basically, (laughs) (laughs) in the same frantic rush that I think we all do in our junior and senior years. Um, My my junior year, between my junior and senior year, I applied for an internship in India, and um, that one I knew wasn't going to lead to a job, and I had a lot of angst about it, but ultimately decided that it was an amazing experience, that I was going to learn a lot, and that it was worth it, and so I did that, Um, but... A lot of CMCers like to do um, an internship that will lead to a full-time job, uh, so you kind of have that. And when you're and when you're starting your senior year, you have that angst that everyone has right. a full-time job already. That everyone did Deloitte and like got a full-time <sighs> offer, and that you're the only one that's behind. And um, so I applied to a lot of fellowships, and then joined like this scrappy fellowship in DC that was doing stuff on energy policy, okay. and it was really cool. I think um, I was still. It, it was a short. It was um, a short fellowship, and so I was frantically looking for a new job the whole time I was there. And I think if I were to do it all over again, I would relax. Right. And um, kind of scope opportunities out because there were a lot of them. But I was frantic about like not being without being without a job for just even a little bit of, of time. Um, and so. Um, I, when I was here at CMC, I applied for everything, and I tried to go for the opportunities that I thought would give me the the most options, like give me the ability to like do more things than fetch coffee. And um, it was pretty cool. I did some cool things, um, but I think 
if I had to do it all over again, I would do it without the stress. Right. That's uh, and that seems like if you're to give advice to your you know prior self, just maybe kind of less stress, kind of relax and, and enjoy the moment. Very mm-hmm. cool. So um, can you kind of talk about now your current um, employment? Um, obviously, you know, working for the, the federal government mm-hmm. um, and like kind of how, what were the steps that led you to that particular uh, office? So after my fellowship, I applied for uh, Teach for America okay. and I was in Texas for a while. And it was something that I applied to because CMC makes you really great at applying for things right. and Teach for America is really prestigious. Absolutely. But it really was not a good fit. I like technical things and like solving problems and, stu- and just uh, middle school students, man, that's a problem right. I can't solve. <laughs> um, and, in, and like I think temperament wise, I really wasn't a good fit okay. for it. So I left that and return and then kind of returned home and recalibrated and um, thought back to like why why did I like go to CMC what did right. I want to do after I graduated it wasn't really ever to become a teacher right. um, it was that I wanted to do stuff with politics maybe technology yeah. uh, so I reached out to a fellow alumnus uh, Raphael who was then working at Mark Ticano's campaign before right. he became okay. congressman Congress, yeah and um, ha- talked with him about options, and he knew the campaign manager for Raul Ruiz, who okay. was running for Congress in my district, um, which was California's 36th okay. district, was recently redistricted, and um, we lost a very conservative part of our district, and it was competitive for the first okay. time in a, a really long time. And so it was like a historic race that we could Right. win right. and um, I joined at the very beginning where we were trying to prove that it was viable where we were raising enough money to get the DCCC to pay attention to us right. I was literally working out of Raul's apartment right. in, in, like <laughs> on the living room floor because we didn't have any space to work and um, doing a lot of the operations and technology part of that campaign very cool and from there I would also I Someone found me on Twitter because okay. I was just writing stuff. Right. And I liked, I, the, the way that I learned about how to do political tech was by listening to other influential people in okay. political tech and following all the things that they said right. and all of the articles and guides and um, new organizing institute trainings that they linked to. And when you do that long enough and you keep following, um, these people who you think are amazing, and sometimes replying to them, they right. notice you back. Oh, okay. And so I, after a while, one of them offered me a job to work with Van Jones in San Francisco okay. with Rebuild the Dream. Right. And I did that for the rest of the 2012 cycle. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so can you, that, um, obviously, you know, uh, Rebuild the Dream with working with underprivileged um, uh, African-American youth um, in San Francisco. Um, was, was So we were like an economic move on. Right. Um, back, back when uh, Rebuild the Dream was founded, economics wasn't a huge progressive issue. Right. A lot of people like talking about other uh, other issues. We didn't talk about underground. Um, we didn't talk about underwater mortgages. We didn't talk about um, student loan and the and how um, the amount of student loan debt that was like really exploding Absolutely. the last decade. And so our our mission was to bring those issues to the forefront. Um, a while, like one of my colleagues was Molly Catchpole, 
who she did like one of the original change.org petitions okay. to petition Bank of America to stop charging fees on some of their low-income accounts. Oh, okay. And so we did a lot of campaigns along those lines and then eventually started teaming up with Prince to do some economic development stuff like wow. in Chicago. Awesome. So kind of how did that work? And obviously you mentioned you did that through the 2012 election cycle, kind of lead into now your work um, for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau um, and that, that kind of office now. I, I did a lot of the tech work and I did a lot of right. digital strategy work and I built a lot of websites, um, got that going um, and joined the CTO uh, startup um, after my time at Rebuild the Dream. And at that startup, I also continued doing consulting, a lot of data analysis, a lot of uh, building websites again. Um, and that led uh, to a technology and innovation fellowship at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, where, right. I, where I, I am right now. Awesome. So kind of, you know, you've had this uh, kind of unique perspective of the intersection of, of politics and technology. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of um, break down for us or at least highlight one, you know, your most interesting kind of uh, insight into what it, what is the intersection between politics and technology? Obviously, you know, there are a lot of jobs in tech out in the market now everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. So of course there are some in politics. What's kind of been your major insight uh, on the intersection between the two of those? It's that technology is really a force multiplier. It makes it it's the same tactics that you would apply without technology, but you can reach more people with technology. Right. Um, you're still knocking, the people who are doing campaigns are still knocking on doors. It's just that now they have the technology, they have the data to know which doors are going to be supporters before they knock on them. And so each volunteer is more effective. They don't get demoralized as quickly. And um, like you have the problem where Back in 2012, like people were running out of doors to knock on right. <laughs> because it was so effective, uh, and that's just like one example. Um, what what I like to focus on at CFPB is a lot of um, browser support and making sure that people with all phones can access our complaint tool and um, all of the other resources that we have on our website, so that if anyone has a anyone um, needs any of the resources on our on our website and they maybe um, only have a older four-year-old Android phone, right. with a lot of companies these days, they're, they're not gonna support that. Mm -hmm. They're gonna get a blank page. Um, it's really important to me that uh, if we're using technology as a force multiplier, that we reach out reach to those, yeah. that we reach out to those people as well. Awesome, great. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining us, Kim. And to all of the listeners out there, remember to stay hungry.